The Choir Invisible This week I discovered one of those poems that I cannot believe I've lived without knowing, and it is by George Eliot. I know I am prone to intensely emotive expression that might sometimes seem hyperbolic, but I mean it. How could I have lived without it? Because this poem captures so much about why I have devoted my life to literature. It is called The Choir Invisible. Eliot begins with a longing that she might live forever in the minds of those who are made better by her books, of those who are stirred by the words of the immortal writers to generosity, to daring, and to sublime thoughts. It begins, Oh, may I join the choir invisible of those immortal dead who live again in minds made better by their presence, live in pulses stirred to generosity, in deeds of daring rectitude, in scorn of miserable aims that end with self, in thoughts sublime that pierce the night like stars, and with their mild persistence urge men's minds to vaster issues. She then says that to live forever thus would be heaven, to be among the artists who bring music to the world and order to the life of a man who reveal to us a sweet purity where we have struggled and despaired, who help us to subdue our self-destructive inclinations and dissolve our anxious fears by finding the harmonies beneath the discord. The poem goes on, So to live is heaven, to make undying music in the world, breathing a beauteous order that controls with growing sway the growing life of man, so we inherit that sweet purity for which we struggled, failed, and agonized with widening retrospect that bred despair. Rebellious flesh that would not be subdued, a vicious parent shaming still its child, poor, anxious penitence is quickly dissolved. Its discords, quenched by meeting harmonies, die in the large and charitable air. In the next part, she says, these great writers are the men and women who laboriously traced the workings of the world, sobbed with yearning to ease its burdens, wrought a worthier image of it, and in doing so became something divinely human for men to worship. It says, and all our rarer, better, truer self that sobbed religiously in yearning song that watched to ease the burden of the world, laboriously tracing what must be and what may yet be better, saw rather a worthier image for the sanctuary and shaped it forth before the multitude, divinely human, raising worship to higher reverence, more mixed with love. That better self shall live till human time shall fold its eyelids, and the human sky be gathered like a scroll within the tomb, unread forever. This is life to come, which martyred men have made more glorious for us who strive to follow. She then says that she longs to be among the pantheon of authors who have consoled people in their agonies, enkindled their passions, inflamed their love, and encouraged their humanity. To be among the choir invisible. The poem closes, 
May I reach that purest heaven, be to other souls the cup of strength in some great agony, and kindle generous ardor, feed pure love, beget the smiles that have no cruelty, be the sweet presence of a good diffused, and in diffusion even more intense. So shall I join the choir invisible, whose music is the gladness of the world. My own ambition is not to join the choir invisible, but to bring people into the church where they can be heard, and to help unstop their ears. <laughs>